Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19? I'm sorry. Where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? <laughs> they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down, like the drain comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City, part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans. <laughs> Pleasure to have you here for the Big Dick Cow Show. Coming to you from the Dave in the City studios of the home of champions, <laughs> Southern California. I just, it just feels like people are waiting for me to just start fighting people right now. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, I just, I just want to say hello. Um, some of you haven't seen me in a while, and um, I want to thank you for your continued support of this program. And we have a good show tonight. I, I should mention that. I, for those of you who are just listening and have no association with the board or the Discord or the Twitter or whatever, those of you who just want to listen to the sports, we have a great show tonight at the top of the hour if you're, if you're watching us live. We're going to have some NFL talk. We're going to talk about the new overtime rules, and then, um, and then we're going to get into the NCAA tournament update, and it should be a really really good show Andy and John will join us right at six so that'll give us some time here at the beginning in front of the hour to um to talk about what's been happening behind the scenes a little bit and uh so I'm not good at monologues I I think that's the thing this is the reason why I've always wanted to have people on the show from the beginning um the really only time I really ever did monologues extensively was like the first like three months of dick out which is back in 2009 and that's just because I hadn't really figured out how to do get people on the show on a regular basis. Like I remember I would take my cell phone and I'd hold it up to the microphone and then like people would talk to me on the cell phone with the speakerphone. I mean, it just shows you how janky the technology used to be. I mean, it was really, it was really crazy. But uh, from that we really grew. And you know, in 2009, I just going to my, my regular friends, you know, Andrew, Jacob, Andrew Jacobson, Andy, if you want to call him, and I call him coach sometimes, you know, Jacob Rosales, now Jacob Rosales Hunt. Those were my friends who, and they still are my friends. Like they've been my friends all this time for over 15 years. And we've gotten to know each other, and we've had them on the show, Kate, from time to time. And you know, maybe less now than we used to. And then other people have joined us, and and then I, I joined a message board somewhere in the no, just before doing this, uh, called the Mike. No, it was actually I think it was the it was just microfrances.com. That's how long ago it was. It was like the original microfrances.com, and I met a lot of friends there, and it was really. It was really an, an amazing experience just getting to know people from a completely different part of the country. Because I was literally the only one who was living on the West Coast and had no ties to the East Coast at all. That's so interesting, isn't it? Like, what was I doing there? I, like, why do people give a crap about me? But, you know, I, I guess, as I say, just be yourself. And it worked out really well. And we got to know a lot of good people on, the, on, on what we call the board. And then, you know... Things got sour, and you had mods who were being really ruthless and unfair, and you had a lot of just totalitarian, totalitarian uh, uh, do control over the space, and it became uncomfortable. So you know what happened in in, Ju in June 2009? Everybody 
le- like not everybody, but a lot of people, a whole lot of people, they had a mass exodus to another space because they were not happy and comfortable with what the space was. And they just feel like it didn't represent them. And they were tired of the mod. The mod was being annoying, which I agreed with at the time. But I don't remember that day. That day, I walked in there after it happened. And I'm like, where is everybody? What happened? Where'd everybody go? And then I got a message from somebody. I think it might have been Roland College for Life or someone like that. And they, and then they said, and they they basically said, there's, Oh, and by the way, to answer the question, I know Sharon just asked what happened in the 9 p.m. store. I, I had to start early because otherwise too much of this show is going to be about this. So I didn't want to cut into Andy and, and John's time. So I decided – I tweeted out that we, we started this thing early just just so I could have time to warm up and warm into this. But anyway, so we all left. We a lot of I got the message, and then we went to this new place called themikefrancesa.com, and it was amazing. It, we had a lot of great years there. And I, I think I've gotten a lot of good people there. You know, a lot of the core members, folks who were there aren't there anymore, like Boomer and I mentioned Rollins, Yachts, Tommy, you know, but Smooth, uh, no, 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 not um, Jerry Rello. I haven't heard from him in a minute. My goodness, it's been a minute, been a million years. Uh, You know, there's a lot of fun, fun people there. And, you know, Checker and a Checker. I mean, obviously Andy, obviously still see him, but um, a lot of good, a lot of fun people there. But then you had folks who were trolls and had to say their piece about this and that. And that was fine because we had a whole lot of people on the board at that time. And it was a, and the good outweighed the bad. But I think what happened is a few things in the, in the course of the 2010s that kind of made things different. Now, it, it didn't happen right away, obviously. It took a very long time. The most obvious one is Mike leaving and stopping radio like that was the biggest thing that changed. Um, <laughs> that was the biggest thing that happened. I mean, it's just obviously without a topic, it, it was tougher for it's tougher for people to really have anything to really talk about. So people were left to their own devices, and many people got into sports. You know, that was always really fun, and uh, but many people didn't. And depending on what was going on in in the world that day. Sometimes it got uncomfortable, and I think people were not able to really verbalize that, and sometimes you were, but the percentage of what that was seems to have changed in that in those ten years, and and slowly over time people started moving on, and they would say, well, it's because of this, and because Twitter is a bigger deal, or whatever else, and I think that is a factor, and I think that's also that's something I brought up to our our good moderator our moderator friend uh, Timmy Russo who is still in charge of that place today, of course. And and now we're always like teased ideas like, hey, why don't we do this on Facebook or why don't we do this on Slack or something like that? And he just thought that was crazy. But I don't know, it was it was interesting because I was thinking, well, you know, the the message board system, V Bolton that that place uses isn't really perfect. And I think it's still it's kind of weird that you have to refresh things today like everywhere else you go it's like it just happens it just refreshes on its own you go to tiktok and it refreshes you go to slack and it refreshes you go to discord it refreshes you go to twitter and it refreshes you go to facebook and it refreshes it's like what is the advantage of being on a place where everything everything where everything uh looks 
where you have to keep doing like old-fashioned techniques like that and things are broken and then smiles get broken but that's not that big a deal that's not that has not doesn't have a that was just a small part of what was happening in that decade but you know people started to come and go and people had their reasons and and i just think that a lot of that energy had been you know slowly but surely and it's not anybody's fault i i think that happening is going to happen on every message board ever i've seen it before the MikeFrancesa.com, and I'm going to see it after, too, and, and everything. People thought MySpace was never going to die, either, and it's gone. Like, nobody, can you do a MySpace? Like, have you, is it still around? I, I have no idea. Everybody thought AIM was going to be around forever, and that didn't happen. So it happens, and things evolve and people evolve, but some folks don't want to evolve, and whether it's always commenting on the same things every day, all the time, Getting into, oh, antagonizing whoever it is, the left scientists, like the the anti-Fauci stuff. Like, okay, now you've made your point. Could we move on to something else? And I think that's kind of what people were getting annoyed about. And I'm not going to name names this time. And I, I said my piece in the days before I left. I I voiced my, my, my issues with Boxman. I voiced my issues with RKO and SJR individually. And I just said what I didn't like. And and look, if people have a problem with that, then okay. But, you know, I, I thought I was at a point where things, especially, and this is not an SJR thing. I do want to make it make it clear um, that, you know, the things I was saying about it, I, I could have done that better. I will say that. Um, but I didn't appreciate, I don't appreciate, I don't appreciate uh, homophobic humor. And I just think we're in a point in our, in our, in our, in our lives and in the just in general timbre of society where I feel like that's less funny to me now. And if you have a problem with it, then you do. It's okay. It's okay. But I don't think it's okay. You know? So I just latched out. Maybe he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time in that, in that scenario. And, and that's fine. You know? Um, but that was just one piece of a larger thing that was happening. I think the bottom line is uh, as far as why. So uh, you know, somewhere around there, I decided, you know what, I, I I think I think it's time. So I just said, you know what, uh, peace out. You know, y'all have been great. Well, or at least most of you have been great. And then I just moved on, and that was that. And I I was just didn't really think about. It. I I messaged you know I I messaged Tr to let him know as well and. He was incredibly gracious about it. I think you might not know that. Like he was really respectful about that. And and the thing is this, it's not that I'm necessarily permanently gone. I, I'm just separated right now. And because it just doesn't it's not my place anymore. It it's it's been my place for a long time. But, you know, you keep going back to the same stuff over and over, and people just like blah blah blah. blah, blah. And it's just funny, like, why are we still going on about vaccines at this point? Like, the numbers are so low. Like, who cares? Like, stop. We don't care. Like, we're done. It's not even about whether you agree or disagree or blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm on this side, you're on this side. We're just tired of hearing the same shit over and over. That's what it was. So, this space where I met a lot of people, where we formed a lot of relationships that really carried over to this podcast, um, has uh, been... It's changed, and it's okay. It's okay for things to change, but if you're if it's not your your vibe, the thing about it is, it's just like any other media. You can you can go to a different space, 
or you can just try to move on to something else. So when the pandemic hit in 2020, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to take a break from this for a while. And it did. And I came back, you know, once sports started up again. And it was great. It was cool. And then, you know, it happened again. I, I don't know why I was gone. It's just so, so long ago now. I can't even remember, like, why I, I was even on a break. I guess it's just because I was caught up with everything else, like the podcast and Twitch and my work. But, um... But the bottom line is just as simple as it's just not my place anymore. And it's and it's cool. I mean, I don't have any real resentment towards, you know, the majority of people that are there still. And I'm not like, oh, you got to leave. You got to leave this place. Like, you know, you do what you want to do. Like, it's totally you do you and I'm doing me. And that's it. Like and, um, you know, I know there's a discord now. And obviously that's a contentious issue for a lot of people. And I get it. I get it. I actually get it. Like, I understand, but, um, but look, uh, we don't talk politics on there. I, I'll mention that. Like, we don't even get into that stuff over there. So maybe that says something. Maybe that says something. Like, maybe, maybe there's, it's just not worth, or worth getting into that stuff. I'm not saying these issues aren't important. And I'm not saying that at all. We all have our causes and, and we all have things that we believe in. And we should never stop believing in things we believe in. But, there's time and space, and I just don't think that a sports message board thingy or a sports Discord server is really that space all the time. And if you're if that's all you do, it's just kind of like, eh, you know, it's just it's not for me. And so that's it. And look, uh, if you hate, if if I'm a villain now because of that, well, you know, you're, you're entitled to that opinion. And um, if you unfollow this program because of that. Well, I respect that, I guess, and I'm sorry about that, but, um, you know, I mean well, and, uh, and that's it. That's, that's not really all I had to say. I don't, um, yeah, that's, that's it. That's all. And hello, hello, Sharon. Hello, LT. Welcome into the chat. Um, we're going to go ahead and move on now and, uh, we'll get into sports. Um, but, you know, I still, I still tweet once in a while, so you can always find me there. If you're looking for me, I have a, an Instagram too. Davey's eating a sandwich. So if you really want to see my nonsense, like that, there's nonsense there too. Um, and uh, some of you even have me on Facebook. That's fine. Like I don't really use Facebook that much anymore, but all good, all good. Well, thanks, thanks for that. I'm sorry. This really, I'm sorry. I get seriously. This is probably got to be the most self-indulgent segment I've done in a very, very long time. So uh, with that, I say. Uh, thank you for letting me take a moment to kind of just break down what was going on. And um, look, if it's for you, if one place is for you and the other place is for you, cool. N you know, I'm good with that. But, uh, you know, I'm not even going to comment on, well, why don't we try to make, why don't we try to tell these people to pipe down? Because I think that's already been established that it's just not, If you know, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that question. It's a complicated question. It's a complicated question. So it's kind of, I think the best thing to do is just simply, you know, assess it from an individual level. What do you do? And you think, well, you know, there's other places you can go. And I think some a number of folks have made that decision. And that's fine. Anyway, that's it. That's it. I'm done. I'm done with that. Let's go ahead and uh, get into the new NFL t rules. We have Andy here. We have John here. Um, why don't we start with Andy? Let me pot you up, Andy, when you're ready. Let me say hello to you. Um, it's been a week. How are you doing, Andy? What's new with you? I'm good. I have a 
if any of your uh, Twitch friends want to use this song for the upcoming festival you got, they, they have all my permission. It's oh. called Dave had the show, Dave had the Twitch, <laughs> Dave has a Discord, Dave has a tweet, Dave made a post, Dave has the show, Dave has the show, Dave has the Twitch, and et cetera, et cetera. Heart uh, goes the bells. But anyway. Nah, uh, that's fine. That's cool. I get it. All a good fun, Dave. <laughs> I look forward to your walk back. In a month from now, but I know you're calling for that. Listen, I did. I told. I said it. In, I did say. I did say it's not for. I mean, we. There's no definitive saying that. You're Phil perfect. Mickelson confirmed. I'm just kidding. Oh, we're going there. <laughs> we're going there. Oh my goodness. All right. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Love you, Annie. It's good to see you again, though. I hope you're well. Um, let's also say hello to um, our friend John in Connecticut. And John, it's good to see you again. What's What's new with you, friend? Oh, nothing much, Dave. Um, just uh, having some de- degenerate action tonight on the NIT that did not go well so far with St. Bonaventure, but we're going to try to rectify that in the second game with uh, Texas A&M, so we'll see what happens here. But, um, yeah, overall doing pretty well and good to be back. And we took off last week. It was just a flurry of NFL transactions. I don't know. We can go back. We can to that, yeah. but um, yeah. you know, certainly, certainly, lots to discuss tonight with that and the March Madness. Yeah, one hundred percent. So um, we will actually, we should definitely do that. Um, I don't want to. I want the show to be kind of around an hour or less tonight, but there is a lot we can recap in an hour, and particularly we can start with the NFL overtime rules, which I just think is a home run. Like it, this is just an, it's an obvious call for me, but surprisingly, there are people who are really adamantly in favor of the existing system and this will only apply to 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 playoff games but i i just never thought that made sense give each team the ball then sudden death after that i think that system is just fine i think it works out great john i mean do you are you relieved that they finally righted this stupid idea that they've had for a long time yeah i I think it was a a good decision i mean as a fan of a team who has been affected by this multiple times in the past 10 years uh, to come right to the top of my head. Um, 2009 playoffs against Arizona Rogers, you know, they fumbled the ball and um, you know, the Cardinals ran, you know, running in for a touchdown. But I guess in that scenario uh, th- that was valid because the Packers had the ball first. Now I'm thinking of the second playoff game against Arizona. I think it was 2015. Mm-hmm. It was one of Rogers hail Mary, uh, Hail Mary scenarios like he did two down the field to get into overtime and then the Cardinals get the ball first and then they score a touchdown and win the game and of course the year before against the Seahawks 2014 NFC championship um, obviously it was a horrible collapse by Green Bay but Seattle got the ball first in overtime scores a touchdown and uh, the Packers never get a chance so um, you know as as those experiences have shown like I would would have liked to seen um, Green Bay get another shot with the ball. Um, and I think the playoff game this past year with Buffalo and Kansas City, it just completely highlighted the need for this kind of scenario because every single person in America who was watching that game said to themselves, all right, well, whoever is winning the coin toss is going to win this game because neither defense was getting a stop. Um, so, I mean, it could end up being in the same situation. Like both teams were going to score and then uh, the Chiefs, if they were the first – to get the get the toss they would have you know scored the third time to win the game but at least buffalo would have had the chance to answer mm-hmm. maybe they go for two on their first 
um, on their score. So it brings a lot of strategy into the mix for sure. Um, it definitely brings in, uh, if you're betting like over and unders, if you're, if you're over is short by like 12 points or 10 points, well, Hey, two teams can score a touchdown now and get yourself in an over, um, spread as well. Like if you're, if you're laying six or five team scores a touchdown first, and then they get the stop Well, you can, you can get your cover now. So, um, definitely a lot of implications with that. And I do like the fact that it's just the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Keep the ties in the regular season. Um, I, I think that's that's fine. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. I think I think it was a good a good move to to make, and we'll see how how it plays out. With we get a playoff game that goes to overtime next season. Yeah, one hundred percent on that, uh, John. So let's swing it to Andy and get your thoughts as well. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's uh, not rocket science here. I, I agree with all the points John brought up, and you know watch there be no overtime games for like the next three playoffs now, you know, all this rigmarole to make sure everything's good moving forward. And then we'll have like, yeah, next January, there'll be no OT games anyway, but um, no, like uh, the extra strategy involved, like now, um, you know, if you, if you're the second team to get possession in overtime and the, you know, the first, the, the team that gets the first possession scores a touchdown, you know, if they kick the conventional extra point, then the team second in overtime goes and, and equalizes that touchdown. Like rather than, you know, give, you know, kick the conventional extra point and give the ball back to the, you know, team that started overtime first, like you might just want to kick, uh, you know, try to go for two right then and there and end it. It'll be, interesting if and when like that actually happens but um yeah like you know obviously we can't go back in time and can't replay green bay uh, seattle we can't replay kansas city new england we can't replay kansas city buffalo but we can ensure things are more buttoned up and tightened up you know down the road and um you know i i don't think there's any sort of like niche group of people that are like aghast at you know the the reform of these rules yep and and no well i mean and like i said i think there are some people who like the old format but even if they did i think they're gonna be fine like they're gonna get over it very quickly so oh no it's a home run i'm, I'm so glad this happened um now let's segue over to the other news which there was a lot of it i mean big trades and so so on and so forth so just off the top of uh, your head john uh is there anything from the offseason in the last two weeks in the nfl that uh you want to comment on specifically because there were trades there were signings there's so much going on um what did you what caught your eye in those last two weeks john well the first thing was the Devonte adams trade um you know going to the raiders and the Packers, I guess they made him a good offer. And he just really wanted to play with Derek Carr in Vegas. And, you know, they got a good haul for him. They got a first round pick, a second round pick. And I believe, um, I think I think that might have been it. I have to get the exact details. But I know it was a first round pick and a second round pick this year. Um, so, you know, I mean, obviously that connection between Rodgers and Adams is something that they're not, I don't think Carr and Adams are going to be able to replicate. I know that they played together in college, obviously, so they're they're familiar with each other's 
games, but I think that as good as Adams is, Rodgers made him even better. So I don't think he's going to have the same kind of like unbelievable, you know, fantasy stats and just uh, dominance on the field like he did with with uh, Green Bay. I mean, he's you know, I think he's 31 or 32 years old. You know, obviously I would have liked him to stay, but I mean, the Packers got a good haul for him. Um, so I think, you know, I think it'll work out for Vegas for a couple of years. I don't, you know, long term, like if that's like a, it was like a four or five year contract. I don't know about that, but, um, you know, and, and the Packers are going to have to draft a receiver with one of those picks, I'm guessing, um, or, you know, use them as leverage to trade up and get, you know, get a higher, um, a higher pick and, and take a receiver there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously there's still some free agents out there. Uh, Jarvis Landry is still around. Um, Beckham, I don't know if they want to go down that route, but uh, there's still some guys out there they could sign. I mean, I've heard rumors that they would maybe even try to trade for someone like DK Metcalf would be perfect. Like they should make a call to Seattle. I mean, Seattle seems to be, you know, in tank mode already before the season even starts. I mean, it looks like they're going to be, going with Drew Locke at the moment as their quarterback. I mean, I don't know. It's either him or Geno Smith at the moment is the, is their, the quarterbacks in the room. Um, so, uh, you know, that would be a, a good uh, trade offer to make. So that was kind of the, one of the bigger uh, trades, obviously from a green Bay perspective over the past two weeks. And then obviously the huge trade uh, from uh, Deshaun Watson going from the Texans to the Browns, uh, and he chose the Browns to, to to play for, which is interesting because, you know, of all the choices, and we had talked about this day the last time we had a show, he was kind of choosing between the NFC South teams. So like the Saints, the Falcons, I mean, maybe even the Panthers were in the mix for a little bit. So we thought those were the teams that he was going to be deciding from. And he ends up choosing the Browns, which is interesting. I mean, he's obviously a great player. I mean, we're, I'm not even going to go into the whole off the field stuff. I mean, that'll play itself out however it will. Um, you know, but just in terms of him as a player, I mean, you know, we'll see how he does in that kind of, I mean, there's many games uh, in referring to like the weather situation there in Cleveland there. I mean, there's so many games, you know, in towards, you know, after November 1st, where it's basically almost impossible to throw the ball. And, you know, they built their team around their great running back and their offensive line. I mean, obviously you, when you can acquire a, player like Watson you're going to do it but it's just kind of a uh I don't know if it's going to work out as they intended to um we'll certainly see what happens I, obviously he's an upgrade over Baker Mayfield who's still yet to be decided where he's headed um but uh it, it might not he might not put up these like these amazing stats uh, is what I'm trying to say in Cleveland just because of how their team is built and then mm-hmm. just the situation in terms of you know, uh, the weather. I mean, I remember a couple of games, uh, you know, I might've been either last year or two years ago, it was like 50 yards passing. It's all you could do because it was just so windy and, and like the, there was rain everywhere. It was, it was just crazy. I think it was like a, a Browns Raiders game. It was like seven to three. It ended. It was just, it was just unbelievably um, hard to, to throw the ball. But in any event, so that was the huge news. Um, the Texans, they're going to be probably going with Davis Mills at the moment. I don't know. I mean, they could draft somebody to lie at this point. I mean, you, you brought in Lovey Smith as your coach, like you're, <laughs> another, another team that's tanking. I mean, I just went like two and 10 every year in the, at Illinois in the big 10. He's going to bring him back to the NFL. I mean, this mm. just, 
I mean, as long as he keeps the huge white beard, I mean, that's that's the one redeeming quality, I guess, at this point for him. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's just a, a dumpster fire. And then after that, like it was all the the like this collateral damage you would call it. So all these teams need a quarterback. All right, so Watson's out. So what are we going to do here? Well, uh, the Falcons trade uh, Matt Ryan to the Colts, and it's just the Colts love to get like their over the hill like just at the verge of their career being over quarterbacks. Now, if you're going to ask me, like, who's the better quarterback at the moment, Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz, like, okay, I'll, I'll say the Colts upgraded if, if that's the choice that they're making. And obviously that's the choice they did make. I'll say that's an upgrade. But, I mean, how many more years do you think Matt Ryan really has left to play it at, like, a top 15, 18 quarterback level? I mean, last year was, was rough. Um I mean, he did put up some decent fantasy stats, but just in general, I just, definitely on the back nine of his career. Well, I think we could all agree on that. Mm-hmm. And they seem to they seem to love to make these moves. But I mean, he definitely has a better supporting cast with the uh, with the Colts rather than the Falcons. I mean, they have Taylor and that running game. Um, offensive line is great. Their defense is, is pretty solid, so he'll be in a better position uh, to do well um, than in with Atlanta, whose roster is just awful. But I don't know, just him as a player um, at, at this stage of his career, I don't know if I would have made that trade. But again, like, what are their other options? I mean, Baker Mayfield is still out there. Jimmy Garoppolo is – they're still considering trading him. I mean, those are the only two, I guess, starters at this point that still really don't have – like, you know, potential starters that don't really have a definite home. Um, so, I mean, they, their hands are kind of tied at this point. Um, and then Atlanta signs Marcus Mariota to be there – uh, QB one, so that was kind of interesting. I guess him and uh, their new, or him and their coach Smith had a history at Tennessee, so he he knows the playbook. But like I said, I mean Atlanta's gonna be tank mode as well, so they might draft a quarterback. I could see them taking um, Malik Willis from Liberty, or uh, I, I like Kenny Pickett. I think he'd be a good pick, but I think he he's gonna go a little bit farther down in round one. So um, yeah, those are just kind of some thoughts on the on the on the uh, quarterback news of the last couple of weeks and. Um, and obviously the Devonta Adams trade kind of hit close to my uh, my my rooting interest, but yeah, it was, it was the, those few days there when it were just wild. When it was Watson and then Ryan, and I think it was Adams before all that happened, and then we had the tournament going on. So that was that was a crazy weekend for sports. And a lot of crazy stuff in the tournament too, of course. So uh, thanks for your thoughts. It was really good. That was a really good recap, though, John. Thank you. Uh, so appreciate you. Um, this, this comment from LT56, Watson chose the Browns because they guaranteed 100% of the money no matter what happens. Hmm. Um, yeah. So let's go to Andy and let's get your thoughts. Anything that you wanted to talk about as far as the offseason moves in the last two weeks? Um, <clears throat> I don't have the, the nuts and bolts template like John does, but, uh, I mean, he – he knows it a lot more than me, but I could just kind of piggyback and yeah, like plus one on Matt Ryan. Like I think Phil Rivers now is like two years removed out of the league is better than Matt Ryan. Like I'm glad everyone finally realized Carson Wentz is a chilly fart and clown. Like good luck, Washington commanders. Good luck with that stiff. Um, this is going to kind of be it. I, well, I don't know if it's kind of it for Tua, a lot of people don't like Tua. Um, he really hasn't proven himself in, in two years. But uh, now this year, um, he's got Waddle. He's got Tyreek Hill. 
He's got some decent running backs. He's got that tight end. I forget his name. Uh, the, you know, offensive genius coach, you know, Shanahan's little protege is now head coach at Miami. So this is a big year for Miami. Um, you know, I feel like every few years, it's like, this is going to be the year for Miami. Um, and they never really kind of like actually put it all together, you know, besides like pissing off the Patriots every season down there. But, um, you know, I, I think the, uh, they have a lot of potential, whether they do it or not, you know, remains to be seen. You know, John made a good point about Pickett. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, they're making fun of his small hands, so maybe that's why he's going to slide down. But uh, it's funny, Francesca used to always be like, you know, the NFL is the one major sport where there's not a ton of, you know, trades, um, and that's, that's kind of been proven to be uh, not accurate and you know this last month has kind of really been a one 180 of, of that assessment and uh, especially at the quarterback position and uh, to LT and John's point about Deshaun Watson like I I've, I I hate I, I love making fun of the Browns they're, they're a bunch of clowns like that franchise I know they were in the you know two years ago the sky was the limit for them and and since then they've kind of regressed and you know watson might and, and probably will have some sort of suspension whether it's four games or eight games or six games there's going to be some sort of you know unbecoming con conduct situation uh that he'll have to you know you know sit out or whatever um and we'll just have to see what happens. You know, AFC West, I mean, that's a gymnast wet dream. He lives on Pebble <laughs> Beach, and he's going to be doing a lot of, you know, Broncos, Raiders, uh, Chargers, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders. Like, you could pencil that in. Like, that AFC West is, you know, 125 PT, 425 ET. It's, it's going to most likely be, you know, a lot of those combinations, you know, in Vegas in Los Angeles, in Denver, um, in Kansas City, and, and, and even those crossover NFC games too. I don't know who the AFC West is playing in the NFC this year. I should have done some homework. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. we got a long ways to go for NFL, like summer, Masters, all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, it, it, it has been an interesting couple of weeks in, uh, you know, if there's a hot stove – for, for the NFL. I think there is. And uh, like you said, I think it's really it's really played out so far. So more to come. And we'll be hearing from Beebs too in a few weeks as we prepare for the NFL draft. And you know, that draft could be interesting too. You know, we have a lot of super seniors involved. And so more on that coming up in the weeks ahead. But now let's segue to basketball. Hey, I'll just say yeah, before we get to basketball, I just uh, popped on this um, football schedule site that mm -hmm. I frequent for stuff. And it looks like the AFC West is playing the NFC West um, next year. So uh, lots of, you know, lots of those matchups. I'm just looking at the Chiefs schedule. They're playing, you know, at San Francisco and at, hmm. um, let's see here. Yeah, at, at San Francisco, at Arizona. So then they're home against the Rams and, and Seattle. So it's the West versus the West next year for um, the, the interconference uh, matchups. So there you go. Wait, one more question, if we don't mind either of you addressing this. Do you think the 49ers failed in not moving Jimmy Garoppolo because he's still on the roster? 
Because it seemed like he may, they might have been dealt him by now. What's your thought on that, John? I mean, who are they going to trade him to at this point? Yeah. I mean, you got – I mean, the Panthers are desperate for a quarterback. I mean, but they, do they really want him? I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, the, the Browns don't need a quarterback now. I mean, a, he'll be an expensive backup, but, I mean, I don't know what, what the options are at this point. And maybe they don't really think Lance is 100% ready. I mean, he was pretty pedestrian when he got in last season for a couple of games. So, mm-hmm. maybe it's it just makes sense to hold on to him for, I guess, insurance – for now i mean i guess i don't know we'll see you know it's driving the niner fans crazy that's for sure because i know they've been really annoyed by him in the last couple of years um and I, I think that's a good place to end andy if unless you want to jump in with anything else i'll just say quickly about the quarterback like it wasn't too long ago where you know breeze and brady and eli and old man ben and rivers were still putting up you know, decent numbers and producing and how quickly that changed. They're all gone now with exception to Tom and all the young guys have kind of like, even at this point, Russell Wilson's like an old man, not really an old man, but you get what I mean. He's been in the league for a long time, but you know, Josh Allen and Herbert Mahomes and uh, all these young guys have really, kind of filled the void of the you know the old aging veterans and that's you know even guys like Stafford so yeah a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo is is squeezed out at this point because there's a lot of teams that have a lot of other uh pressing needs than 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 a quarterback you know yeah and I I'd like to address the point that uh Goober USAK Sharon asked why the Jimmy G hate? The issue is basically turnovers. Just way too many turnovers. That's, and it keeps just it just keeps holding the Niners back. And I think that has been a real issue in big spots. His big spot playing. I mean, look, it was on a tee for him in the NFC Championship, and he effectively threw it away. So that's sort of, I don't know, like just been this give and take with Jimmy G. He's not a terrible quarterback by any means. He's not a terrible quarterback by any means, but. Because in big spots this happens, <laughs> I think a lot of Niner fans don't have the most have a favorable opinion of him. So that's sort of the thought there. Uh, it's a good question though. It's a good question because he's solid overall. I agree, but the turnovers are a real real thing, and I, I think that's kind of been the theme with him. So uh, basketball talk. We're ready to do this. A lot of okay. So Andy, I did see your tweet that. You took exception to the the Providence. That was a bit of a reach, I'll admit. They're a good team. That's a good team. I get four it. seed. I'm just messing around. I'm just messing around with you. Let me get my disaster of a bracket to look. <laughs> Mine too, man. My my bracket is just a grease fire. It was bad. With both of you guys. And plus the, oh my goodness. I mean, me and Andy could tell some stories about the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of the first weekend, that's for sure. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know it. I know it. It's because, yeah, I mean, my there were a couple of days where, like, my, my ATS picks are just brutal. Like, I was just dying. I finally had a good that day when I went 7-0 on one, on one day, but that was it. You know, everything else has been touch and go. Like, to give you an idea, for the weekend, I think it was 500, which I'm actually kind of happy about because just some of these were just whiffs. Like, um, I was on uh, Miami plus six on Sunday. Man, what the hell happened in the second half? what you know but credit to St. Peter's I think a lot of us called it with them like we thought they were going to be game for this 
Good job out of them. Made a run to the Sweet 16. And then, Nor oh, really? Let me think. Uh, yeah. Made a run to the Sweet 16, but then, uh, Nor um, who was it that kind of crushed? Yeah, North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Was it the Elite Eight, as a matter of fact? I think you made it. Yeah. Elite Eight, Dave. Yeah. yeah. Elite Eight. That's a hell of a job by St. Peter's out of Jersey City. Great job out of them. So um, you had them. Miami hated, made a very, very nice run. And they beat USC. You know, you mentioned, you called that too, John. Like, you're talking about how USC could, like, make a really big run or they could lose the first game. It's literally what happened. <laughs> that, that game, that was like when I, I lost, I think, eight picks in a row that day. And that was mm -hmm. just one of them that just set me off. That was just awful. That, you know, they got behind early. Right. And they come all the way back. And you think, all right, they're going to gain control of this. And then they just shit the bed late. And, you know, a stupid foul at the end of the game decides it. It just makes you want to just throw things, basically. Um, yeah. And I knew that Auburn was a fraud because in my bracket, I had USC beating Auburn and not Miami. So I had the right idea. As Mike used to say, the right uh, right church but wrong cue or something like that. That was his phrase, like, you know, when they did the trivia game for uh, the Super Bowl. But, um, you know, I digress. That was a, you know – Awful loss by USC, and uh, Miami certainly took advantage of it. Yeah, 100%. Um, LT born in Jersey City, good stuff. Um, so if we look ahead, yeah, and, and some other things you can comment on in the last couple of runs. I mentioned Providence, which was just a great run. And I got to give it to Kansas, too, because, you know, it just seemed, they always seem like, because of Bill Self, they seem like that team where they, they could end up being, oh, they might give it up here, they might give it up here. But the fact is, they did. They got the job done, and and particularly against the teams that they should have beaten. That game against Miami, that's a hell, that's a great job out of them. I'm not gonna front that. Like that, that's a fantastic job on their part. I mean, that's a that's a big win. Um, so we'll go with that. So our final four this time around is going to be um, Duke against North Carolina in one semifinal. Duke making it, not a huge surprise, but it's a good job out of them, honestly, because a lot of us called them to get lose to Michigan State. You know? <laughs> we thought they were going to lose. We thought they could have lost to Fulton. They, they, could, they should have lost to Michigan They should have. I mean, give Duke credit. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what you can say is that in both – well, the Arkansas game, they pretty much dominated from the, from the tip, but – in both the Michigan State and the Texas Tech games, they should have lost both of those. And it took like an amazing five minutes of play for them to win both of those games. So give them credit for, you know, having the sense of urgency to elevate their play when they needed to. But they easily, it was 70 to 65 against Michigan State with, I don't know, it was like what, three minutes left, four minutes left. And then mm -hmm. somehow Michigan State couldn't even cover plus seven That's from thing. that point, yeah. which was just unbelievable. And then the same thing with Texas Tech had them beat too. And then, you know, I mean, uh, Bancaro had some huge shots. Um, uh, I forget the other guard's name. He just drained some three. Uh, I think it was Roach uh, hit some threes. Um, they just hit clutch shots and, and give them credit. So I, I didn't think they had it in them. I thought the pressure would get to them. But I think once they won the, that game against Texas Tech, you could, you you just had the feeling. Was, anyway, I did. They were going to blow out Arkansas. Um, Arkansas kind of had their – it was almost like their Super Bowl against Gonzaga – and really, if you would watch, they, they could have, if New Mexico State could have made a single shot, they would have beaten Arkansas because it was like a 50 to 48 game. Um, and then, you know, Arkansas just played great defense against Gonzaga and, um, you know, Gonzaga couldn't make a shot that game. So obviously, you know, give them credit for the win. But 
and just in terms of just the pure like athletic matchup i mean duke was the superior team and um you know arkansas just just couldn't couldn't get anything done but yeah duke I, i'll give him credit i mean i did not see um and we, we certainly saw them struggling with some of these teams but they they put the runs together when they had to and now they're in a great position to win it all if they keep this level of playoff yeah i mean it's a good story it really is it's a great story coach k's final season taking them to the final four a really good chance to beat North Carolina. I do want to compliment North Carolina as well. I mean, they beat Duke at Cameron Indoor right before the tournament, really. Right before any of the tournaments, right? Last game of the regular season. And they come out of that. They beat Marquette. They beat Baylor. That's a big win. I mean, beating Baylor is a big win. And I. And what's interesting about the North Carolina game, if we go back to that, it went to overtime. That guy that got ejected in the middle of the game, that was a, poor, that was a horseshit call. So they got jobbed. Like, they got jobbed, and yet they came back out of that. They blew, like, a 26-point lead, and yet they still fought hard enough to get to, to overtime. And once they got to overtime, North Carolina was still able to win. So I'm actually really happy for them in that scenario. Uh, beating UCLA, a little surprising, but UCLA is kinda, was kind of was kind of shaky. I mean, even struggling to beat Akron was – well, you guys did – you guys did well, again, Like, their guard, uh, Caleb Love, just went nuclear in the last two minutes. UCLA yeah. had them beat. And then all of a sudden, like with the span of two minutes, like the game was over because the dude couldn't miss a shot. Yeah. I mean, you know, give them credit. I mean, they're hitting the shots when it when it when it counts, and that's all you need to do. But it's mm. not like you know North Carolina dominated UCLA in that game. I mean, UCLA very very easily could have, could have won. But hey, that's why they that's why they played forty minutes and not thirty eight. Yeah, yeah, that's that Baycock save after that was so haunting because nope. UCLA yeah. could just that a Cronin team up two or four points with like 90 seconds left like that's peak cronin we're gonna land this plane in one piece and they didn't and you know the conquistador looking guy on ucla he couldn't you know hakeem waquez i don't know how to say his name but uh he he just went cold Duzang went cold at the end but uh you know that's that's march Sure is Jaime Jaquez, yeah, yeah, but you, but but yeah, it's uh, it's true, it's too bad. But I actually, I honestly, I, my takeaway from all that is, you know what, North Carolina is good. I I don't feel like there's a fluke. I don't think UCLA is necessarily a huge disappointment. I just think North Carolina is good. Were they underseeded? I don't exactly know their story as to why they were undervalued most of the year. But I'll give you, I'll give you some inside. Okay, well, not inside basketball, but John could probably embellish it too after i ramble but and he could probably give some actually proper insight but like in it i'm gonna mention the mountain west and like when november oh, those guys sorry to interrupt you the mountain west can get lost <laughs> horrible let's let's make a note and like just remind ourselves to pick against the mountain west next year you guys are all Vegas. about it too like going in too that's what's so funny <laughs> yeah well they got the 14th so in november and december the the analytic people, the Ken Palm people, the computers, whatever, like the computers say that, but which computers? Where the fuck are these computers? <laughs> anyway, the computers said, M the computers said WCC good, MWC good, ACC bad. And that's the narrative that just stuck with the computers and the Ken Palms and the Lenardis and the, who's the guy that does it on CBS, like Gary Parrish, I don't know. And it, they just didn't deviate from that. ACC bad, MWC good, WCC good. In in previous years, it's uh, 
the Atlantic 10 might get four bids or maybe five bids. Um, this year it's the Mountain West. And like obviously the Pac-12 only got three bids. You know, ACC got fewer bids than usual. So when that happens, then you're going to get those Mountain West teams in. And as John mentioned, like, great conference to bet on when you got nothing to do on a Tuesday or a Thursday in February. They're all, like, tightly contested matchups in Laramie, Wyoming, Boise, Idaho, Nevada, you know, Vegas, Reno. It's a fun conference. They just shit the bed in, in, in March. And we're going to remember that next year. Mm-hmm. But all that to say, uh, because of the narrative, like, ACC bad, North Carolina was, like, in that group. And even at that 24-8 and eight record, or before they were 24-8, and eight, going into the uh, Coach K's last game where, like, Seinfeld was there and whatever, uh, North Carolina, like, did not have a, like, a quad, quad one, quad two win. Or maybe they had, like, one of them. And then when they beat Duke, they're like now they're off the bubble like that's just a strange that was just a narrative all year long and uh i know we're just going Heyman mode with the committee but the committee just like with college football like the uh points of emphasis change every year like i remember one time like the the basketball committee was like we we're going to reward teams that are ending conference tournament play on a great note a la uh so if that criteria held form for 2022 this year, then Texas A&M would have gotten a tournament because they ended the year on like, as a hot lead. But this year, uh, for whatever reason, the criteria was something different, and they like penalized Texas A&M for losing, you know, eight straight in you know early January or whatever. Where in previous years they're going to discount Texas A&M's, you know second third of the season swoon and reward them for ending the season the way they did so you know if you're buzz williams you're you definitely have sour grapes but yeah all that to say beware the mount you know and i should have and we all should have you know you know hopped off the mountain west you know train uh, once the once the tournament started once indiana beat wyoming could have made some revisions to the bracket but oh well it happens, Annie. But I want to stay on you for a second because I have to think that the upset of Gonzaga by I'm trying to looking I'm looking at Arkansas had to be so satisfying. Your thoughts? Oh, it's good. I mean, uh, the the Gonzaga folks around here. There's a, you know how doggies always like there's you know Notre Dame has like we're Notre Dame, you're not. You know we're Michigan, you're not. You know we're the Yankees, you're not. There's a lot of work Gonzaga, you're not out here and uh you know my dad i wanted to kill my dad the other night when because he's like i like the program i want mark few to win a championship and in my head i'm like you have no idea how much i lost on the memphis team <laughs> but uh like, <laughs> too soon for that but um it's just it's it's weird like it's it's one thing to be like gonzaga is a good program because they, they are a good program, but there's still people out here or not even out here around the country that think like they're this, there's this still like this lovable underdog. And no, Mark Few scouts around the world. He gets pros. Like mm-hmm. they're not, they're, they're not like, uh, you know, Providence is a team that is gritty and gutty and, and the Providence coach squeezes blood out of every stone. That's like true. Mark Few, he gets, 
he he's no different than Calipari at this point, or or Coach K, or any, or maybe not Jay Wright, but he gets NBA ready guys year in and year out, uh, and they play in this crappy conference, a crappy conference, and and you all know it. Like yeah, St. Mary's is decent. Every now and then, San Francisco's good, and um, that's about it. That that's about it. Oh, BYU is the same team every year. A bunch of you know, a bunch of guys that are six nine and they shoot threes, but they're not very physical. And mm-hmm. and they just and I tweet about it. It's like, yeah, Drew Timmy can score thirty eight points and do the mustache and flex the muscles against Pacific, but um, <laughs> you know you. You need to and I, give them credit. They play tough games in December and November, but I mean, in the tournament, uh, they just they they and I know they got to the final last year, but uh, I don't mind them when I don't mind when they lose. <laughs> but can we talk about Arizona too? I am that's a, that's much more disappointing to me. Like Bama- yeah, John can talk about Arizona as well. Like oh. I thought. Arizona, they're a complete team. Like yeah. we all, we all took Arizona our fair share this year, yeah. and they, they probably uh, peaked maybe in early February when mm-hmm. they were beating everyone by twenty points or whatever. They they stubbed their toe against Colorado in the altitude, but you know they 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 took a few punches from UCLA in the Pac-12 championship game, but end up kind of running away with that one, but. Um, I think John would agree with me. They should have lost to TCU on that Sunday night, and they celebrated that game like they won the national championship. And not to sound like Mike, but, like, that just rubbed me the wrong way, you know? Like, yeah, you should act like like you've been there. But congratulations. You beat TCU. You were favored by nine. You were down with, like, ten seconds left before the best player, Matherin, hit the three. Mm -hmm. And and then, yeah, to – at Houston, there's no team that likes Houston in the Pac-12. Like uh, maybe Colorado a little bit, but there's no besides Colorado, there's no team that's physical with offensive rebounding prowess like the Houston Cougars. And Arizona just could not uh, kind of as much of a chameleon as they are in the Pac-12, they could not uh, adjust and, and play the Houston style. No doubt about it, Andy. I think that's a really good point. A physical team just seemed to be their undoing. Which is, which I I mean, Houston made the Final Four last year, which I I thought was, which made me think that oh man, they could beat Villanova too, but they didn't because they couldn't score. Like they could only put up forty four points against those guys. So Nova getting it done, good job out of them. Um, but John, anything you want to add as far as Arizona? Because I really thought if they could just and you know that Danny, I really loved all your points about the TCU game because they were down a lot of the game and it's just like. I think they were just so relieved just to beat them that maybe they didn't have much left. So, John, let's get your thoughts as far as Arizona scenario. Yeah, um, you know, you guys hit some good points. I mean, TCU was extremely physical. They had that big guy on the inside. um, His name escapes me right now. But he had the dreads. Like, he was just like a crazy man, like getting boards. And um, it might have been Lampkin. Eddie Lampkin, maybe? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Whoever that guy was. He was a beast and 
Um, you could you it was just a bad matchup for Houston versus Arizona because Houston was a better version of TCU and they did exactly what TCU did just play physical slow the game down get rebounds and take Arizona out of their tempo and um, it, it just it caused havoc and Arizona couldn't overcome that um, you know I was kind of thinking about this that you know Arizona's new coach uh, Lloyd was like a uh disciple of Mark few for all these years. So he's going to bring the same style, obviously. And it kind of bit them the same way that it did with Gonzaga going up against a team that was played great defense and slowed the, the game down and um, they couldn't overcome that. So both, both of those teams, it's just kind of interesting. Like when you look at a matchup of, of teams, like with contrasting styles, like what's going to win out the team that's going to, you know, be physical and, and slow the game down to a, a grind the team that wants to run up and down the court and shoot jumpers and um in both those scenarios the, the physical slower team um came out on top um but yeah and you know unfortunately for houston you know they executed their game plan perfectly defensively against villanova scored 50 points like you're gonna think you know nine times out of 10 99 times really out of 100 you hold your opponent to 50 points you're gonna win and of course the one time when Houston literally couldn't make a, a single shot the entire game. <laughs> I think they were, what, like one of 19 for three or something mm-hmm. like that. And, um, you know, they they, just, they couldn't get it done. And it's unfortunate because I think I think they have a be- they would have had a better chance, I think, maybe against Kansas than a hobbled Villanova team um, is going to because I know they just lost a guy uh, more. And they already had like a six-man rotation or a seven-man rotation. So they're going to be extremely thin. I do think that, you know, uh, Jay Wright is obviously a great coach. So he, I think he'll come up with a good game plan, but I think um, it's, it's going to be tough uh, against Kansas, uh, you know, especially being that thin. But, um, yeah, Kansas had such an easy region, though. I mean, we yeah. talked about this on the, on the show, like, before the tournament started. By far, of all the one seeds, they have the easiest path. And yep. still, they almost they almost gagged it to Creighton, which is unbelievable, who was, who was a, like a skeleton team. And Creighton should have not even been into the in that point. Going back to the Mountain West, San Diego State. That was a rough up game. 12, up twelve points with, <laughs> I want to say, three minutes left, and they're treating it like a football game. But you cannot run out the clock. Like run your offense. Try to score. They did nothing but like turnover after turnover. It, it was just absolutely horrendous. Like why go away what was working for you for the first thirty-seven minutes of the game just because you're up twelve points. Like run your offense. Like if there's a, a 30 seconds left or a minute left, like, okay, but there's still three minutes left. Like this is the tournament teams are going to play it out. Like, why would you ever do that? Murray state did the same thing against San Francisco and it nearly got them. Thankfully they were able to recover in overtime, but I just don't understand these teams that, Oh, work by 14 with four minutes left. The game's over. Like, no, it's, it's, this is not a Wednesday night in January. Like these teams are going to play to the very end with fouling and pressure and all this. And they just, uh, you know, some of these coaches are just, um, yeah, they, they don't get it, but yeah, um, kind of kind of rambling on off my original point about Arizona, <laughs> but I just wanted want to get a few other things in there. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, no, I, I think, you know, Arizona, if they're going to continue to play that style. Uh, they're going to have to match up against teams like Houston in the future, and we'll see if they can, you know, they can adjust their play when they go up against that that kind of team. 100%. You know, it's and what was really frustrating about that particular game you mentioned, San Diego State Creighton, is they went to like, didn't it go to double overtime? It's like, geez, San Diego State. No, there's just one overtime. Just one, okay. But 
it really did seem like San Diego got like a hundred different chances, like in the last like three minutes of regulation and then overtime. And they just kept throwing it away, turning the ball over, doing stupid stuff. Like it was just such a pain in the butt to deal with that game. <laughs> All right. Well, let's one thing I am glad about Dave is we can, we can still do the try and true angle of fading Rick Barnes and Mark. They, bow out, <laughs> they bow out in round two. Longwood <laughs> did not do what I had hoped, but Michigan came to the rescue. So we, we, we appreciate that. <laughs> and how about the same thing for uh, Brad Underwood with Illinois? Like once, Oh yes. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. That guy. Oh, yeah. Glorious. Yeah. We, glorious. Uh, we, we figured that one out that they were going to be gone. <laughs> Chattanooga had them beat. So that was like so many games just annoyed the hell out of me. Those first two rounds that I, we sh- we all had right, and it just it just didn't break our way, mm-hmm. and um, that was one of them that Chattanooga really should have won. But Houston, you knew they were going to take handle that team for sure. I mean, yeah, Underwood and Barnes are definitely on the on the fade list too. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, what, what, before we go into the preview of the Final Four, I mentioned St. Peter's beating Kentucky, fifteen two upset. You know, another rarefied air moment. You know, but some reason, for some reason, I felt like it had a chance, you know? I didn't think it was as surprising as other 15-2s were. For whatever reason, I just thought, you know what? I can see this. And it happened. So good job out of them. It was a really, just a very interesting story. So, um, Andy, I'll give it to you. I mean, I mean, Kentucky definitely... I just had no read on them this entire year. I mean, I don't know. Was this considered a disappointment? Gottlieb was on the radio saying, like, this is the biggest upset in the history of the NCAA tournament. I don't know if I agree with that, but your thoughts as far as the Kentucky scenario? I mean, uh, Kentucky, on paper, they have the talent to to win it all every year. You know, it it all depends on if the guys, you know, are cohesive or not. And this year – that cohesiveness kind of reigned from game to game. I yeah. mean, you saw them destroy. You saw them destroy Kansas in Kansas. Uh, it was like a Saturday in January. I'm sure John remembers it well. They destroyed Kansas. Then they, you know, they destroyed Alabama in Alabama. And, and then sometimes they they lay eggs. Uh, their, their their jump shooting comes and goes, but on transition. If they can turn the other team over, they're great. They got the big guy. I, I forget his last name, um, but he's going to be a pro. Ty Ty Washington, he just obviously couldn't stay healthy. Um, he kind of was battling ankle injuries all year long, but they definitely got tight against St. Peter's, especially in overtime. They missed a bunch of free throws. I think they were up like five or six in overtime, but uh, and they still couldn't. Put away the peacocks, and they obviously couldn't do it in regulation either. And you know that's just a bitter, bitter way to end the year if you if you're Calipari. If you're anti-Calipari, if, when there's plenty of those people, then you're then you're 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 jumping up for joy. But uh, you know, I don't know if Ashley Judd still likes Kentucky anymore. But you know, they don't show her on the camera, so I guess she doesn't go to the games. But um, Actually, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. the Kentucky fan is you know going to be completely crestfallen from from here till you know next november but um you're just rehashing all these games from the first and second round is bitter but um especially that creighton kansas game the problem with we talk about kansas when we get to the preview but uh <laughs> um yeah just a disappointing game for for can for kentucky i will say you mentioned st peter and the coach like 
it's wild how like you have to think that these coaches are already kind of or their agents are already talking to some of these other schools while this stuff is going on because immediately after San Francisco uh, lost to uh, to Murray, the guy took the Florida job, and then immediately after the New Mexico. Uh, mm-hmm. state game against Arkansas that coach took the uh, I think he took the LSU job and mm-hmm. then immediately after uh, what's the other or maybe Murray State coach took the LSU job yeah and then the Mississippi State uh, Mississippi Mexico, State yeah you yeah. went to Mississippi State yep yeah so all you know for the New Mexico State coach like I think that was a long time coming because New Mexico State like owned that West Coast Conference the San Francisco coach is kind of surprising because he had only been at San Francisco for a couple of years because he, uh, when Kyle Smith went to Wazoo, San Francisco just kind of, you know, they they hired in-house and had this this guy who looks like he's like 20 years old and um, they just caught fire this year and good for him. I mean, uh, Florida is a Florida is a great job in basketball i mean there's probably a lot of pressure because no one's obviously going to duplicate what billy donovan did with the two championships but and they probably have unrealistic expectations but he's getting a boatload of money and yeah all this to say shaheen holloway was was making like there's some board members that are making more than him at uh, st peter's and now he's going to seton hall and basically making 10 times what he was making at, at st peter's so Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. So, that's a very interesting angle, though, you had, though, Andy. That's really cool. You know, all these coaches are just just jump ship right after these scenarios. Let's go over to the Final Four. It's a good one. We got some good ones. Uh, we have two great matchups, I think. Maybe, like, one really great matchup, and then one that's pretty good. Duke-North Carolina. Duke is a two-seed. North Carolina is an eight-seed. And as we talked about, I think the seeding is undervalued for North Carolina. That'll be... I don't know if that's the first one or the second one. I think it's the second one. You can't imagine that. Well, that's going to be the first game. <laughs> really? You're going to put Duke as the first game? I don't think so. So Villanova-Kansas will be the first game. A one versus a two. And Villanova did it with toughness and defense all year. And slowing the game down to a crawl. And so that matchup will be interesting against Kansas. I wonder how they'll react. I think Kansas can play a game like that. We'll see. And then the second semifinal on Saturday the 2nd uh, from New Orleans will be Duke versus North Carolina, which is an amazing rivalry. I mean, we all know about it. Uh, take the over. That's always my advice when it comes to those two teams. It's never failed. Like, I feel like I don't think it's failed, like, maybe once in, like, 30 times in the last, like, few, few years. But at any rate, Final Four is going to be pretty good this year. So um, let me go back to you, John. Let's get your thoughts on the two matchups. And what do you see from either one? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting Final Four for sure. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, Villanova is kind of shorthanded uh, after they lost another guy in their rotation. But like I said, I mean, Jay Wright's a great coach. I think they're going to do exactly what you said, Dave. They're going to really try to slow the game down and play it to their pace um, and, you know, and, and just make it a half-court game. I think Kansas can probably play in that, but it's definitely going to make it difficult for them. Um, the one good thing about Nova is they don't miss foul shots. So at the end of the game, you know, they're going to keep themselves in it. If it, if it comes down to that, they're going to, they're going to make their foul shots. Um, and, you know, and they're very, just, they're a very efficient team on the offensive side. I mean, Gillespie, he's not going to turn the ball over because uh, he's so experienced and 
Um, they're like I said, they they just they know their their scheme. They're so well coached, so th- that'll be able to keep them in it. Um, you know, I don't know what happened in the second half with Miami and Kansas. I mean, Miami had such a good game plan in the first half, and then um, Self made some adjustments, and you know, Miami couldn't do anything in, in the second half. So but I don't think that'll happen here. Um, Kansas is is obviously the more talented team. I mean, Remy Martin has been kind of a um, revelation for them uh, recently. I know he, he was a transfer from Arizona State, I believe, if if I'm remembering correctly. But they got the guy Obaji is is incredible, and then the, the bigs down low, McCormick. Um, you know, they they really have a, a complete roster as as they should. I mean, they're, they're Kansas. Uh, they're they're you know they're loaded every year. But um, you know, it, it'll be a test for um, for them to get through this game because Villanova is just a the style of play. Like I mentioned, it's just an annoying kind of style. They're going it's going to keep them in it. But I think at the end of the day, I think, you know, having such a short rotation is going to hurt them. And I think just Kansas will be just too much. So, I mean, the, the spread is kind of right on. I don't know. I don't know if I want to lay like four or four and a half with, with Kansas. Just like you could see Villanova like down eight or seven and just making a three late or something. So, I think it'll be a, a, a tightly, tightly contested game, but I, I don't want to take. Uh, I, I like it, the spread is pretty good, actually. It's sharp. Like you know, you can't really find an edge on either side with that game, in my opinion. Anyway, I know maybe if you do Kansas money line with something that you like, something else. Um, I think I, I think this game could go under too. Like I said, Nova's going to really going to try to slow the game down, so maybe not as many points scored um, in this one. I mean, Nova unders have seemed to be pretty good all year, especially unless they like, just completely erupt from three like they are you know they have the potential of doing we've seen that before um and i believe you know these teams have a history of playing in the tournament too uh, i one of nova's last championship runs they played kansas in the final four and i want to say uh like twice uh recently in, in the in the tournament they've played so these coaches they, they know each other so it'll be a tight game so I, I don't really have a good feel either way on that on that spread but i do think it'll be pretty low scoring so i like the under there and then, you know, Duke, I mean, could you get like a, this is like the big, like of all the times they played, this is like the biggest game in the history of that rivalry, which is crazy to say, you know, all the big games that they played, but this is really it. They've never yeah. played in the, an NCAA tournament before and they're playing in the final four. Right? I mean, the only thing better would be if they were playing for the national championship. Um, I mean, you have to like how North Carolina is playing. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's there's such a hot team right now. Manic is unbelievable when he's shooting. Him and Love when they're making things from the, their shots from the outside, you got to guard against that. And then Baycott just grabs everything, grabs every re- uh, every rebound, and then you know kicks it up to the shooters or goes up with it. And you know Hubert Davis, you know uh, give him credit. Yeah, I mean they were playing well earlier in the year. I mean they had some really blowout losses. I think they lost to uh, Pitt. They lost to some of the other, you know, dregs in the ACC, which goes to your point, Dave, of why were they seated so, so badly? Mm-hmm. It's because their resume wasn't great, but they clearly found it at the right time. The mix of players that they, that they're using and and um, how they're playing. So, I mean, Duke's defense is not very good. We we know that. So I think North Carolina is not going to have any problem scoring like they have been. Duke, we've talked about how talented they are. They shouldn't have a, any problem scoring. So like you said, Dave, over, I think, is a good pick for this game again. Um, and in terms of the spread, I mean, 
four and a half. I mean, I got to look at North Carolina in this game. I you got to figure this is going to be like a one possession, like eighty to seventy eight kind of game by the end of it. Like they're just going to go back and forth. I can't see either team blowing blowing the other out. Um, I mean, I, I guess if Duke has one of those unbelievable spurts like they did in those those few games that we talked about against Michigan State and Texas Tech they could win I guess by 10 but the way North Carolina is scoring right now and the way you know Duke has their issues defensively I just don't I don't see much margin between these teams and you know what better way for this rivalry to have just an epic an epic like buzzer beater last possession game so I would lean North Carolina here uh, getting the points and the over and then the other game, I'd probably say Kansas wins it. Um, not comfortable with the spread, but I think that one will will, um, will hit the under. So that's kind of my brief uh, preview for the Final Four. I'm still alive in a survivor pool where you have to pick a t- uh, pick a spread for each round. Um, so I'm still debating what I'm doing with this round. I'm kind of talking myself into North Carolina, I guess, at this point. But uh, that's to be decided by Saturday. But I mean, for all the upsets and everything that we had throughout the tournament, we ended up with like four blue blood programs. So I guess go figure uh, in that regard. I would contend on the over. I I, I haven't looked at the number yet. I'm going to go look at it right now. But, uh, you know, I like 150, I'm guessing. Oh, right? I would, I don't know. I can... I'm all over that. Even if it was 154, I would totally take that. I totally take that. So that's my number. Um, very well done. I did you cover the 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 other game, the Villanova game? I think you did. Yeah, I, I had some thoughts, Dave. I think um, you did. Yeah. Let me see. Cool. So let's go to Andy. Let's get your thoughts on the two games as well. One fifty one. Sorry. Ah. That's oh, that's a good number. I would do it. I'd do that. Yeah, I do that. Good stuff. Okay, Andy. Uh, your thoughts on the Final Four? I actually think things skew under in these big games and the tight rims and the tight players and the big domes. But uh, in my but when I was in Vegas two weeks ago, uh, one of my degenerate buddies, and I should have listened to him, but and John, I even texted John about this, and like the guys, like these degenerate blue check marks on Twitter that we both follow, like I don't know if it was. Apple bomb. I think it was Apple bomb, but he's like championship week, like always take the under in all the games. And, but I'm, when you bet the under, you're rooting for like bricks and miss free throw. If I, which is not fun to watch, but my buddy, he's like, you should have taken the under, should have taken, under, under, under. And I'm like, I get it, but it's, it's not who I am. Mm-hmm. I like picking sides, but I don't know, something to file away for next year. But in the big games, uh, yeah, under two. But you, Dave, to your point, yeah, like Duke doesn't play defense. And UNC definitely doesn't play good defense. But Duke, like they pulled out, they pulled the zone out of their ass against Texas Tech and yep. confused the hell out of them. So you just never know. I was looking at the uh, Sweet 16 and Elite 8 games, you know, uh, when you're gambling, pick who you think's gonna win, not just cover. <laughs> um, and the only team that won but didn't cover was, uh, at least in the for the Sweet 16, was um, uh, the Kansas against Providence. Yeah, Kansas against because Kansas won but didn't cover. But all the other ones, like, and it, it's kind of gonna be this way because like the the margins aren't really that large anyway. But yeah, so that's. Because uh, when John's like Kansas money line, and I'm like I can't. with the coaching matchup, it, it, Jay Wright versus 
Bill Self, it's you and Ant. And uh, our friend Tom in Jersey, I give him shit about this when we were talking about his Villanova team. Like, after the uh, – you guys remember when they played UCLA, like, November, December? And Tom was like, they're not a Final Four team. Like, they don't – they're not big enough. They don't shoot well enough. <laughs> Funhouse Tommy. But, uh, but, like, Jay Wright is has had a – just done a great job. You guys mentioned Gillespie. They're not deep, right? Like, because uh, I was looking up the guy that got hurt today. I don't know why. I was like, how many points did he average? But the thing, the average like 35 minutes a game. And like Gillespie averages 34 minutes a game. Like, they're not deep at all. And uh, so, yeah, no more. And they're going to have – Samuels is going to have to be Bridges 2.0. That's an inside joke if anyone knows Tommy when Macau Bridges went off back in 2018 or whatever. But um, the thing that's annoying about Kansas is when they want to, when Bill Self has his team engaged, mm-hmm. they are just a they're, – they're, they are just like a perfect product of basketball, you know? and things everything's smooth and on time and they're making threes and they're slam you know they're uh they're flushing it with the dunks and they're actually playing defense but when they when they do not want to play example what against fucking creighton and they didn't respect creighton for majority of the game they just they they're just so frustrating to watch and uh a lot of that is on the coach for the longest yep. time. Uh, always like to fade Bill Self on those, those Big 12 games on the road. Um, never take Bill Self on the road in the Big 12 for reasons just like that. You know, the, you just never really get the full. You don't get the full 40 minutes with with Bill Self teams. Um, so that is kind of that's my little dilemma for for Saturday and. What the, it's only Tuesday, damn. So fuck, why is it only Tuesday? But we got so we got time to to think it through and make a decision. But I I have a hard time, and I I hope I don't regret this. But I I have a hard time breaking down this self uh, Bill Self Jay Wright game uh, objectively, <laughs> and I, I know I'm going to take Villanova, and if Kansas has its way. You know, Tommy's going to get pissed at me because I'll be yelling at him. But uh, that's just the way it is. And um, Duke, North Carolina, I – it's just funny how it works, right? You guys mentioned they've never met in the in the NCAA tournament before. And out of all the years, out of all the combinations, they're, they're meeting this year. And uh, I'm not – I don't like Coach K. Sorry, junk man. Um, I just don't. Um, I'll, I'll have to – and, and ACQ, he was like, you got to root for Coach K or you're not American. I was like, ban me. I was rooting for uh, the, the, the casino host looking like Texas Tech's coach uh, the other week. Um, but for this matchup, like, yeah, um, it, 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 it deserves all the hoopla, it deserves all the hype, it deserves Jim Nance. Um, the, if Duke goes ahead and wins then it kind of, I heard this on the radio today like imagine being those fucking clowns that paid whatever they paid to uh, see Coach K's last game with Cameron 
if they end up winning at all, like no one's gonna remember the last game. It's true. No one's gonna remember <laughs> that last game in Cameron. Like, yeah. It's it's just it's not even a footnote at that point. Um, because right now, all that anyone cares is that Duke and North Carolina are in the final four. No one's gonna care that in 2022, you know, Coach K's last home game, you know, they lost by 11 or whatever to North Carolina. So like, no, they met in the final four, and we'll see what happens there. But um, as John mentioned, like, you know, Hubert Davis, I don't really know what his deal is as a coach, but they've got the uh, North Carolina, or they got the Oklahoma transfer, Manic. You know, he feels like he was at Oklahoma for 20 years, and he's, he's you know, he's a very good three-point shooter, and he can, he can bump and grind down low, too. And then, yeah, I mean, we'll see if uh, Love can – duplicate you know if he can duplicate 60 percent of his effort that he had against ucla you know they're gonna be in in pretty good shape and also it's not like north carolina's gonna be intimidated with duke they already beat them last month now on the flip side duke you know they might be you know uh you know it's harder to, it's hard to beat the same team two times in a row whatever um so yeah it's it's going to be a great game. I, at this point, I'm probably leaning on the underdogs for both those games. Mm, yeah. I dig that because, especially in the Duke game, like, you could totally see it. Like, you could totally see North Carolina winning. Because they already beat him. Like, totally. Yeah, it makes but a lot as of you sense. guys talked about, like, the guy, Bancaro, like, he's he's a stud. Like, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of him, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not dumb enough to, like, I am stubborn. But I'm not dumb enough to be like he's gonna, you know, he stokes. Like he doesn't suck. He's he's really good. I'm just I'm not. I'm just not a fan of his. Uh, but and he's gonna be in the pro, so better get used to his. You know, better get used to him. Right on, Andy. I dig it. So, I think all in all, it's gonna be a really fun weekend. So, fellas, uh, I'll give it to you for final thoughts, and we'll wrap it up tonight. John, I'll give it to you first. Yeah, it's been a great tournament. Um, you know, the brackets being busted and gambling losses aside, I mean, we're to the point where you have two great Final Four games and um, should be a great uh, final two, two games for the Final Four and then whatever combination is going to be a great national championship, you know, with the tons of storylines. And, um, you know, that'll lead us right into uh, the Masters next week. So, uh, great time for sports, and um, you know we're going to enjoy every minute of it. I'm sure we'll, we'll get a golf show, Dave, in a couple of weeks, yep. recapping all of that. So we're part of the, you know, kind of like what we've done here. So um, lots of good stuff coming up, and as always, thanks for having us on to ramble on about it. Oh, 100. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't. I, this has been a really fun spot tonight, um, Andy. Let's give it to you for final thoughts as well. Yeah, it's uh, as as we kind of hopefully embrace like normalcy or whatever with like the sports calendar getting back to normal you know final four augusta winter playoffs being played in their traditional spot baseball coming back like i i get you know maybe a little bit of melancholy when college basketball ends because you know i love college football i love college basketball and just when that goes away um Thank goodness for NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs and and MLB. I don't do fantasy baseball anymore, but um, there's enough out there to keep us 
interested on a you know bet on team A win eighty seven games, bet team B win less than ninety game, you know stuff like that. Um, and then with 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 the golf, yeah, be in, into the Masters, uh, into the into the Winter Playoffs. Days are getting longer, um, and and yeah, like John and and Ron can give us like the NFL draft stuff, and sooner, you know, it's only a matter of time we're gonna be, you know, hearing about you know college football previews and because uh, yeah, we're like the baseball can get you so far, and there's a lot of other stuff to do in the summer, um, but. Yeah, I'm, college sports is is probably you know gun to my head is, is my favorite thing to the uh, degenerate you know degenerate association. Um, I wouldn't be able to decide between NFL, college basketball, and college football. For sure, but uh, fellas, it, it I, I I I love these journeys we go on with these teams and with the with the sport. And same for college football because it, it really just has there's so much character. One, one last, one last. Oh, go for it. Go <laughs> and I, there's like before Scotty Scheffler actually won at Phoenix and mm-hmm. in the in the desert in in Florida. Like the previous tournaments, like I had him to win and like coming in second place and third place. Just, I was just a little too early, and now uh... all he does is win. <laughs> number one in the world it's crazy it's uh, unbelievable to think that like in the span of a month he gets to number one in the world i mean he won three times but still but that just goes to show you like you know he, he had so many good finishes over the past year like top 20 top 10 that it put him in the, this position where he goes on this amazing run and he's now all of a sudden number one in the world and you know what no one is going to bet him at the masters next week because oh he he can't win again well i mean why not at this point Ooh. like you know well, although it probably is his first time playing, though, right? Because I don't, unless he played as an amateur, and the first timers usually do not do well at Augusta, just because of you know the intricacies of the greens and just the shots you need to hit. You need to have some experience before you can really master it. But um, I don't believe he's played there. I'd have to check that to see if he played it as an amateur, but definitely not as a professional. But just crazy to think that he gets to number one in the world in a matter of of a month, basically. Yeah, I can't wait for Augusta and just gonna just bat, bat my fat ass on the, on the couch. <laughs> no one bothered me those days with e, with Amen Corner. Oh man, something great! Can't wait. Yeah, like you said, like everybody says it's a tradition unlike any other. I can't wait either. So this will be a great. And then the recap we're gonna have uh, with with Mike after that'll be fun too. So. Um, best of wishes y'all good luck to all your bets on the, the next in the next couple of weeks and um, thanks have a great week everybody have a great rest of your week I'll, I'll see you later alright sounds good all see right. you Dave Take care. good luck thanks for having us take care fellas you bet Andy John always a good time over here in the program and uh, we'll be back next week and I think We'll have things to talk about. We'll 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 suss that out. We'll let you know what we're gonna do. But we should be able to recap the um the final four and the national championship game. So either on Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm not sure which one yet. Um, we'll be back here on on the feed. And thank you for catching us live on YouTube tonight. We had a really big crowd in the chat, and uh, much love to all of you. Uh, really appreciate your support. 
my name is Dave Medina. It's good to have you back again. If you missed any part of this, you can catch the replay right here on YouTube or um, go to our podcast feed at ditcow.com and we'll tell you what we'll, we'll have the complete replay on audio for you. So have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the Final Four. Like I said, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next time.